Hi, I'm Allison Hare, a former corporate executive on a quest to help you and me have more time, more space, and more energy to live fully alive. You know, like on purpose. Welcome to the Late Learner Podcast, where we break down old, tired, conventional wisdom, and we replace it with fresh and modern ways that just work better for you. I am so glad you said yes to listening to this episode because it could be the one that changes your life. So what are we late learning today? Well, let's talk about your goals, but not just the make it through this boring ass meeting goals, or maybe I can slow down enough during the holidays to regroup for a minute goals. No, no, no. Let's talk about refocusing on your big audacious goals no matter what your age or your circumstance. So if you aren't sure what those are, we're going to dust them off today and we are going to shine them up. Now, let's be honest. Is your plate so full and overflowing? You just don't know how you could possibly fit anything else in. Those dreams get swept right under the rug again and again and again. And you know what happens? Time just marches on. And in perfect late learner fashion, I found the perfect person to blow the roof off of for us and change the game. Jess Williamson is a five times entrepreneur and a world renowned business and mindset coach. She uses terms like, get this, fantasy land success, iconic leadership, unrealistic goals, and being delusional as a recipe for the kind of wild success you were almost embarrassed to admit. But when applied, they become yours. So let's be bold for a minute. And I thought about saving this episode for New Year's, but then I thought, wait a minute, this is so good. What a great way to put the wheels in motion right now before the new year rolls around. So before we get to our chat with Jess, it's time for the good stuff. What is stuff? It stands for Surprisingly True Useful Fun Fact. And have you secretly wondered how present you are at special events? Well, a recent study done by OnePoll and MaxBook showed that people spend 40% of their time at special events taking pictures. On one hand, respondents said it helps them remember the details of the moments and look back at them on them fairly often. On the other hand, you need to wonder if it would help if you were less behind the phone and more in the moment. I am definitely guilty here. And in this study, they said the average person has 3,000 photos on their camera roll. I want you to look at your camera roll right now. Where do you fall on this? I'm above 20,000. I love taking pictures of everything. Now, quick note before we start the episode. I had some major technical difficulties recording on my end. My voice sounds a little garbled. You know, it sounds like I'm broadcasting out of a fugitive cave, but I realized that the interview with Jess Williamson was so good, I didn't want to not broadcast it. And more importantly, it's also part of an, an initiative for me to not let perfectionism stop me. So I'll ask for your grace on my recording quality and listen all the way through. Jess sounds great. It's so freaking good. Here is my chat with Jess Williamson. Okay, we are here with Jess Williamson, the iconic leader from Down Under. 
She is in Australia and uh, it's tomorrow where she is. But Jess, welcome to Late Learner. I'm so glad to have you. Oh, thank you, Alison. And hello from the future. (laughs) (laughs) It really is the future. When I hear you and hear your podcast and hear your work, you use words that are so big. They're so aspirational that you can't help but listen. And we're going to dive really, really deep today into what it means to have not only big goals, but like fantasy land success. But I, I would love to hear a little more about your story, your personal story, because it is a roller coaster. Yes. I coined this term fantasy land. I mean, I didn't invent the word, but I use the word when I talk about success and things because it was kind of a really strong theme ever since I was a child. I was that child, you know, setting up businesses and no one ever really taught me or said, hey, why don't you start a business? I was just like, right, I'm going to, I see this challenge and I'm going to create something that can solve it. So when I was 21, I had the idea that I wanted to start a global swimwear fashion brand. And just to paint the picture, I was freshly graduated from university and I was working in digital marketing at the time. And while I did a business degree, it doesn't always translate into the real world. It's a lot of theory. And then in the real world, it's very different running a especially a small business. I had zero knowledge about manufacturing or running an online business, zero clue what I was doing, no contacts in the fashion industry. And all I had was, you know, 40K a year job. So I didn't have a ton of money, didn't have a ton of anything, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to start a global swimwear brand. And it was like this level of just deep self-belief. There was not one part of me that said like, are you sure? Do you want to just start small and then go from there? I was like, (laughs) you know what? I'm going big. And this was just the vision. There was no other vision or no other (laughs) option. So I pretty much step by step within six months, I had launched online, which I now look back and realize that's a very short time for any manufacturing kind of business. And I launched and it launched globally. And then one week after I launched, I received this email and I was at my full-time job at the time. So I was checking it under the desk as you do. And it was inviting me to New York Fashion Week, which in Australia, Mm. that does not happen. Like (laughs) we are the furthest place from New York. And I was invited to New York Fashion Week to share my brand. And I was one week into this business that I had no clue what I was doing. And it was to be part of an Australian showcase with Australian brands that had been around for years and years and years. It was very high caliber. And at first I thought this has got to be a scam because who's going to invite me? (laughs) But I honestly believe the reason why I was invited was because I had that deep, almost fantasy land belief. Like, There are all of the reasons why I shouldn't do this right now, why I could just say, sit back down, Jess, don't aim too high, don't, you know, overexert yourself and they never crossed my mind. So I, of course, then took the actions that aligned with a global brand, which resulted in being discovered and inviting to New York. So it really started off (laughs) with a bang Um, and then I ended up 
quitting that job and starting five other businesses because, you know, I didn't have enough to do running a global <laughs> fashion brand with <laughs> warehouses in the, the USA bug. and Hong Kong. And so, yeah, it's been a crazy ride. And then in 2021, um, actually 2019, I hit max burnout and I was like, right, something has to change because cannot continue this way. So I actually sold some of the companies and I started the process to sell the fashion brand, which was a bit of a more lengthy process. And so 2021, I went all in on my personal brand with my podcast and just mentoring other female entrepreneurs to create their own fantasy land, basically. You know, when I listen to your stuff, it is laden with wisdom. And what really, really sticks out to me, as I had mentioned before, is you use words like going for fantasy land success, iconic leadership, unrealistic goals, which is one of my favorites, <laughs> and stop aiming for realistic. I'm wondering because I feel like when you get to a certain point in your life and you have checked all the boxes, you have the house, the kids, the food on the table, the big title. And a lot of times what happens is that passion, that purpose, that presence that got you there, it's no longer there. Like you kind of burn out and how do you get it back? And so the thought of going big or trying to do something different is really frightening. And I wanted to understand from you when you use these big words, what are some telltale signs that your goals are too small? So I always say if it doesn't scare the pants off you, you haven't aimed high enough because if it feels comfortable, if it feels realistic, like, oh, that's a no brainer. I'm going to achieve that. Then I think we're not stretching ourselves to where we actually know we could achieve. And I think a lot of people teach realistic goals or they teach these, you know, the SMART goals and the R in the SMART goals is realistic. And a lot of the time that is taught because it's coming from the assumption that if you don't hit it, you won't be okay. And so I come at it from the view of, if we actually set a bigger goal than we maybe know is possible, we are so much more likely to hit something higher than if we set a smaller goal. Because when we set a small goal or a realistic goal, it caps us out. Because if we get close to it or if we achieve it, then we just take the foot off the pedal and then, you know, relax a little bit, which is always good to relax. Um, but in terms of like hitting a goal, if you feel like it's like something you could do tomorrow and it's going to be done and ticked off, then I would say aim a little higher and just test your boundaries on what is possible. Just to add in like a bit of a disclaimer here <laughs> is Oftentimes, and I think this relates really well to what you said about the burnout, because I have been there and I am, I am not someone who's going to be like, go after your goals and sacrifice everything else. That's not the vibe for me. And so when I talk about fantasy land, this is where people put their realistic hat on and think, okay, if I want to earn more money, reach higher accolades, step into more success, I have to have a trade-off 
I have to trade off time with my family mm. or I have to trade off my yeah. health or whatever that is. And I say in fantasy land, you can have both. Literally, there's no rules. So what if you expanded your mind to say, how can I create these insane levels of success and have fun and have, you know, relaxed time and, and look after my health? How can we do that? That's my concept of fantasy land. And I think the, the the operative phrase there is, how can I do that? So I think in order to make changes like this, you talk a lot about deep mindset shifts. What is deeper than what people may find on the internet about mindset, mindset everything, right? Like what are some deep mindset shifts that that you experience? Yeah, so I think when people hear the term mindset, they think, Positive thinking is kind of what they think. So it's like, okay, I have a challenge today. How can I change this into an opportunity? And it's like just basic kind of growth mindset. But what I, the work that I kind of do with my clients is really looking at the deeper patterns and beliefs and experiences that they've had that are usually playing on a subconscious level. So they're not consciously aware of, oh, wow, I'm sabotaging my own success. It's happening and they don't even realize. So it can show up in ways like procrastination or you keep trying and no matter how hard you try to hit your goal, it's like there's a barrier in the way and it's like there's no logical barrier for this. I'm doing the strategies, I'm making the moves, but why? do I keep hitting this cap? And for me, it played out in a way where I was earning, I think it was about $20,000 a month, which is by no means a, a bad problem to have. But I was like, okay, I'm ready for that next level. My business was able to scale past that. I had all of the strategies and systems set up, but every single month I hit 20,000. Like it was this invisible cap. And I was like, there. That makes no sense because I'm doing the work to take it to that next level. And when I actually dug deeper, I was holding on to a deeper belief, which I talk about fear of success a lot, especially for ambitious people. It's not failure because you're like failure doesn't even exist for me. It's like, actually, if I gained that next level success, then I have more expectations from other people. Then I have more wealth to hold. And, you know, I wasn't always the best with my money. So that's a whole lot of responsibility to hold. And when I'm getting more in my personal brand, I'm becoming more visible. So if I create more success, get even more visible, then I open myself up to haters. So there were so many reasons subconsciously that I was getting from sabotaging my own success and not even realizing because when I was sabotaging it, I got to stay safe. And our brains have one job to keep us alive, <laughs> basically to keep us away from danger. And another client of mine, she was wanting to build her business and she had this incredible business. We'd set all the foundations in place. And again, she was like, why do I keep procrastinating? I am keep avoiding it. And no matter how much I try and write a better to-do list, it doesn't happen. And this is where I see people 
work on procrastination or even trying to just get more motivated, write a better to-do list, get more organized, just do it. But if our bodies or if our minds truly feel unsafe, if we were to succeed, then it's going to do everything in its power to not let you succeed. So for her, she had this experience where she's created a business in the past. And when she did that, her friends decided to make a very similar business and then trash talk her to all of her other friends. And then she was left with no friends. So what she created in her mind was when I create success in business, friends copy me and then I lose all my friends, which at the core of it is abandonment. And that is like one of our hardwired Mm. human fears if people abandon us. So she had associated successful business with abandonment and that felt super unsafe to her subconscious. And it wasn't something she was thinking of every day. She didn't even realize that that was being associated with that. But this is the kind of deeper work that I do because it's so personal to everyone. But as soon as she shifted that, she got a major deal with a national retailer and like all of these things started to happen. It wasn't that she wasn't doing the work before. She was still emailing stockists and doing these things, but all of a sudden it became safe and it became okay for her to create this success. So I honestly believe that our brains are the way we operate. Like our brains are in the driver's seat. So if we don't work on our mindset as well as the strategies, we're going to keep coming up against self-sabotage or capped success. And often we won't even realize. When you talk about the judgment part, I still have resistance to the fear of success. But what really stood out to me when you talk about what are people going to think of me? That I Mm -hmm. talk to a lot of people that do end up leaving their corporate job and they're so afraid to put anything out there that is, I'm a coach now, or I am a consultant, or I am an entrepreneur, because they are so afraid to be judged by their peers or by their friends going, who are you? And so one of the things that you talk about in your iconic leadership series that just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks, and I'm still, I'm not sure I fully buy into it yet. And that is, trying to be relatable is a problem. And I I would love for Mm -hmm. you to dig into that because I love the way you explained it, but I still wrestle with it. I wrestle with the relatability aspect. Mm -hmm. So can you talk more about that? Yeah. And here's the thing with relatability, right? Again, back from the caveman era, our brains are wired to want to fit in. Because if we don't fit in, the tribe will abandon us and then we basically die. Yes. The social identities are very real. Absolutely. So this is hardwired into us as a survival mechanism that we need to blend in and fit in. And so the reason why I go the opposite (laughs) direction is because for so long, 
I used to think that if I was too successful or when I share my success, people don't like that. And in Australia, we have this thing called tall poppy syndrome where it's like, don't yes, get yes. too big for your boots. I I know it's somewhat prevalent in the USA as well, but I love the cultural differences because I lived in America for six months and you guys embrace. You're like, hey, you just succeeded. I love that for you. You know, whereas in Australia, they're like, oh, what do you mean you succeeded? Like, don't be telling me that because then I feel shitty about myself. And (laughs) there's so much with that. But the reason why I talk about trying not to be relatable is because for so long, I used to water down my success. I used to not tell anyone about my successes because what I didn't want to feel was the projections of their own disappointment back onto me, where maybe they weren't Mm -hmm. playing in fantasy land. And I took that on as my own ownership to make everybody else feel okay with me succeeding. So I didn't want to come across as bragging or obnoxious or, hey, I just created this incredible thing and I'm changing lives and it's just not really accepted in society. And so I believe to make any shift within ourselves, but also within society, we kind of almost have to go the opposite direction. Because if I just said to myself, okay, I'm going to start bragging a little bit, or I'm going to kind of stop watering myself down or trying to blend in, it wouldn't have the same impact versus saying, okay, I'm actually going to enter my obnoxious success era and share it as boldly and as widely as I can. And by doing that, it creates safety because when we are hiding our successes or watering them down, it's creating that natural response within our body. And maybe you've felt this, maybe even just the thought of saying, hey, I'm here and I'm obnoxious about my success. We feel it in our nervous system. So the more that we can do that, the more it actually shows our body and our natural reactions that actually it's safe to hold this, to be okay with sharing my successes. And so it's really, really powerful because when we can do that, it also enforces the belief that success is safe for me. Because if we continue to water it down or hide our success, it's sending subconscious messages to yourself that it's not okay to be successful. And therefore, we're going to cap ourselves. Hey, it's Allison. Thanks for listening. I'm putting together a group of working moms to help them have the energy, more time, and more space for what matters most over the next three months. Think about being more intentional about the holiday season and start the year off powerfully and set the stage for you to achieve your fantasy level success. If that sounds intriguing to you and you thought, hmm, wouldn't that be nice to be able to have a little support to carve out some time and space so I can maybe do something I really, really want to do and see what possibilities are available to me. If that sounds like you, shoot me a note at allison at allisonhair.com and let's chat. And I think even the avoiding other people's expectations and judgments to stay Mm -hmm. safe 
is a really real thing that I know we can identify with. And what I think is interesting about why this is resonating for me so hard is that I went to a tarot reading. And if anyone knows me and my tarot reader, she, she's done incredible things for me. And she said, and, and this is probably good for anybody who is pivoting or who is in a state of transition, because it's kind of putting what you're talking about in action, where she said, I mm. want me, the tarot reader, to be the last person that you ever say what you just said to me. I, I want to be the last person that you tell that story in that way. And so she gave me an experiment and said, for the next 30 days, I need you for every thought, every fear, every anything that goes through your head, you're going to completely reframe it. Every single thought, everything that comes out of your mouth, that when somebody asks, you are about to pop off you're impacting lives. Like you have to look for the breakthroughs. And it's interesting because, and she told me like, it'll take like eight days. If you're like completely on it, that for those eight days, it's going to feel like you're lying to yourself. But then you, the programming is so deep that it just starts to peter out and you start to, the world catches up to you. And I wonder, yeah, um, it in that framework, how has that showed up for you? Yes, one of the biggest turning points was for me last year. I hit like a seventy-eight thousand dollar week in cash, and that's my personal brand. And this is for me coming as I was the biggest, most shy introvert. I didn't want anyone to know my name when I started my first business. And then here I am impacting lives, getting to do what I love every day, but also getting paid like two times my previous yearly wage in just one week. And so for me, I almost felt a sense of shame around it. And I said, you know what, I'm going to catch this thought in the moment and I'm going to choose to combat it in the most public way. And you don't always have to share it on social media or share it with people. But I decided for me to get out of my comfort zone. My inner voice said, don't share that because people are going to think you're bragging or just care about money or whatever it is. The fears will be unique to you. So one of my clients has a fear that people will think she's a scammer. My fear was more around people are just going to think I'm arrogant, like an arrogant bitch for sharing mm -hmm. these kind of things. So I said, I'm going to share it anyway. And I think the key to all of this is feeling the fear and doing it anyway for the pursuit of your own growth. Because I believe when we can share more of our successes publicly, it shows other people what gets to be possible. And instead of seeing it as a something to be feared or what might people think of me? It's actually being grounded enough to know that if someone thinks I'm an arrogant bitch, I'm okay with holding that. Like I'm resilient enough to be okay with that because the benefits of potentially inspiring one person far outweigh what someone might say about me. And truth be told, someone did decide they're going to write a post about me and posted it publicly. And then there were a bunch of comments as well. But again, I got to create that level of actually I'm okay if they want to think that because I've inspired at least one person today and I've 
built my resilience around that as well. So I did post it and the amount of people that said, thank you for sharing this because this is amazing, that made it worth it. And so sometimes we can get in our own heads and avoid the the potential danger, but we're also avoiding all of the incredible things that come with that as well. I think that's so powerful. The people who listen to this podcast are people that care about making an impact in the world. I always think about if my fear of being judged or being talked about in a way or misunderstood, I think misunderstanding is important too, Mm. of like, what if people don't understand what I'm doing? Because I need to communicate it in that way. Personally, I struggle with the messaging of how do I communicate this in a way that is powerful and impactful and that it, it's going to land right, mm-hmm. but it is not for everybody. And yeah. I think people are measuring stick is everybody. Mm-hmm. When the impact that you want to make is greater and you think about there's probably somebody on their knees right now praying for you just to show up in their lives and they don't know it yet because you are exactly what they need or somebody listening is exactly what they need. And so how do we take it bigger? I think one thing I love about what you say is that you have to be a little delusional or a lot delusional if you want to create wild success. And success is not just monetary, right? It's the impact that you leave on this world. Let's talk about delusion. Let's talk about illogical. Let's talk about unrealistic. Let's talk about fantasy land. How do we get bigger? Yes. Really, when it comes to this, I think people's immediate reaction is how. And I say throw the how out the window because we can work out the how. But I think people come in when they're setting goals or even just daily intentions around how am I going to do this? first and they start with logic. And I want to say, throw the logic and throw the how out the window. It's so counterintuitive, Jess. It's so counterintuitive. I know. So this is where we have to bring conscious attention to it because then it becomes our natural state. But in order to rewire our brains, we have to first be conscious and then repetition (laughs) and do it over and over and over until then that becomes our natural state. And so when let's talk about in the situation of maybe setting goals. And so when I teach goal setting, I say, okay, what is it that you really, really desire? If there were no rules, if there were no caps, if there was no, let's just imagine you're in fantasy land right now. It's just like anything can happen. What is that one thing? Now, maybe do you want to do it? Let's just do a live example. What is one thing that you are like dreaming of right now? If I were truly, truly, truly being honest, I would love the freedom to travel all over the world with my family and experience life and some of the most beautiful mountains that I can hike and beautiful vistas and just richness of people that is what I truly, truly desire. In a professional sense, it's something different. Mm. And so this is where I say, okay, we have these two things that seemingly look mutually exclusive. They look like they can't exist together or perhaps there's a rule or 
belief that you've created, I have to choose one or the other. So then we look at, okay, if we're really honest and we can have our fantasy land goal where anything is possible, if they could be mutually exclusive, if you could have everything you wanted and more, what would that look like? So the first step is, what is your fantasy land goal? Step two is what are the limiting beliefs or the limiting rules that Mm. you've created? And for you, it's potentially these two things cannot exist together in their fullest. Once we identify, okay, where are we putting caps on ourselves? Where are we deciding our version of success based on what society says is success, where our mum tells us what to choose or, you know, what our family, what we think our family want us to choose. Um, And we remove all of those limits and all of the false narratives that we've created. And we say, okay, how can I have it all? How can I have both? What would that look like? I think my podcast has always been my dream. I have a degree in broadcasting. And for you, Jess, and for the listener, I have a degree in broadcasting. And my mother was a stay-at-home mom and she raised six kids. And when I was a teenager, she beat it into my head and my sister's head. Never rely on a man to make money, always make your own. And so throughout my whole life, while I loved radio, I always picked the money. I always picked the money. And I thought, I'll get to the fun stuff when I get the money. I'll get to the fun stuff when I get the money. And I would always do the fun stuff as a side hustle or a hobby. And I would always do it in that way where it became so clear that the no feeling in my body was how I felt at work. And in this particular setting, when I was in the, on the mic or dancing or with my family, everything was like a full bodied yes. And like to the point where it's mm. visceral, like it's a visceral joy in those certain things. But, and, and that dance was the catalyst that had me quit my job, not to be a dancer, but because I, I don't remember feeling that good. And I remember asking myself when I first stumbled on this dance class, am I allowed to feel this good? Because I was so used to this stress. So having them mutually exist together looks like a kick-ass podcast that I can record anywhere and not worry about, really, it is just breaking all the chains. I can do all of this from anywhere. It's having the Mm -hmm. money and the freedom to be able to do that. So I'd be interested to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. So once we look at, because I think so often people just close their mind off. It's not possible. So I'm going to choose one or the other, but actually what that does is it closes your mind off to actually seeking anywhere where that could be possible. So even just opening your mind up to be like, okay, how can that be possible? And I'm going to explore this. Then I come in with my business hat. (laughs) Then I come in with my business hat and I say, okay, how much money would you need to make that possible? How much time, what can we do? What can we systemize? What can we structure in terms of your business model? How do you get paid? What are the ways that you can create income that can be sustainable while you travel? And so this is where I love combining the mindset, the big fantasy land concepts. But the first step really is giving ourselves permission to just dream that big. 
without limits and being consciously aware enough of where am I putting caps and what if those caps are not actually the truth? Because that's not the truth, right? Because there are people out there doing probably exactly what you want to do. So therefore, it must be possible. You just haven't allowed yourself to see how that might work. So my concept of fantasy land, if anyone takes away one thing, actually two things, dream bigger than you've ever let yourself dream before. If you're like, I would be Mm. pretty happy. Let's use, I'm just going to use money because it's measurable, but it doesn't have to be money. But let's say you set a goal of, I want to earn $100,000 for the year. That would be comfortable. Sounds enough. What, why, why that number? You know, is it because you think anything more than that, you'd be stressed and burnt out? Then how can we do it without stressing and burning out? You know, so it's really catching yourself in the nonsense and saying, okay, I'm going to find a way. My motto to life is where there's a will, there is always a way. And even recently, a very, very quick example and story, I was booking flights for me and my partner to Europe and I had enough points for my flight, but for my partner's flight, I was 20,000 points short. And I was like, it's close. It's so close. How can I get 20,000 points for my frequent flyer to get this flight for free? Um, you know, with points, obviously. And I wasn't about to spend $20,000 on my credit card that day so that I could get points. That wasn't the option, but I asked myself how. And so I actually received a few days earlier an email saying, Hey, if you just sign up to this business account, it's free. You'll be eligible for a hundred thousand points. And I emailed them and I Mm. said, Hey, when am I going to get these points? And they said, Oh, upon checking, you're actually not eligible for the bonus points that we initially said, but you are eligible for a gold upgrade, which comes with 20,000 points. And I could have very easily looked at that and said, I've only got enough points for my flight. We'll have to just pay for the second flight with cash. But I said, how can I? And it doesn't always work out that easy. It's just like the best example of when you go looking for things, they always work out. And so I would encourage you and everyone listening to sit down, make some space, turn off your technology and just dream. If you like bring that childlike behavior and dream, whether you want to draw it up, whether you want to write a list of Everything that you would love to have, health, happiness, time with family, a thriving business, thriving income to support all of it. And then ask yourself, how? Sometimes there's going to be a knowledge gap and you're like, okay, I need to earn this amount of money. Not sure how. Then you can seek out the person who can show you the how, find someone who has done it before. Um, There's always a way to figure it out. It's not always going to be the easy road. But if you decide that that's the reality that you want, you will find a way. But people don't even get to the part of finding a way because they're just setting small goals and hoping that some fantasy land reality is going to land in your lap magically. This is hitting so hard at home. And 
Tell me about your opinion on hobbies inside of hustles. There is a downside to calling it a hobby or a side hustle. Like, I think it's the label of, of side hustle and hobby that I thought was really fascinating. Yes. If you do have a hobby and you love horse riding, as an example, great. You can call it a hobby. You don't have to be like, horse riding is my multi-million dollar empire. <laughs> but I think sometimes we can fall into calling things a side hustle minimizes it. Because if you do truly just want it to be a side hustle, great. But what if it could be your full-time income? And the reason why oftentimes we call it a hobby or a side hustle hobby, because we don't want to lose the fun in it and side hustle, because we think if we make it bigger Mm. than that, it's going to take up too much time. It's going to take all my freedom and I just want it on the side and I want to keep my freedom. So what I think that that is coming from is um, almost a scarcity mindset sometimes because we want to label it as this so that it does not infuse into the rest of our lives or take over our complete days. And so what if it could be your multi-million dollar empire that you work on two days a week? You know, why not? Why can't it impact millions of people um, and still not have to require a ton of time. And this kind of where it weaves into the fantasy land around if you truly do want it to be a hobby and to stay a hobby, great, call it a hobby. There's nothing wrong with that. If you have a side hustle and you truly want it to stay a side hustle, great. But why do we start side hustles? We start side hustles because we want to earn money from it and we have a passion or a purpose that we want to impact people in some way. And I feel like side hustle minimizes that because that is pretty profound to say, I have a passion deep enough and a purpose deep enough that I want to impact people in a way and get to earn money for myself as well, because there's nothing wrong with getting paid well to impact the world in a positive way. Why can't you go out and say, you know what? I'm starting a global movement. That is what I'm doing. Fantasy land sounds so much better than the land we live in. I'm so grateful for you, Jess. And I love something you say is make the damn moves. (laughs) Make the damn moves. (laughs) So I always ask people, this podcast is called Late Learner. What Mm. have you learned lately that you were wrong about? Yes. So I don't know. It's probably not that recent now, but one of my biggest things that I learned maybe a year or two ago, and we just discussed this earlier on, was that I always thought I had to be louder to be successful, especially in a on a podcast or as a public speaker. I always thought I had to come out on the stage like, here I am in a big, bold, vivacious way. And for so long, I held that belief. And I was trying to be louder or more bold than I was. And actually, when I realized Hmm. my introversion and my quietness is my superpower, everything unlocked. And so that was something that I think sometimes society says you should be louder (laughs) if you want to get attention or if you want to be acknowledged. And so that was kind of a really big realization moment for me. I think that also gives permission for people that feel like they, maybe they want to write a book or be a speaker, but they're like, I don't know. I don't really 
feel like I'm outgoing enough. I think that gives people permission to, again, dream. So Jess, I love what we talked about today. And thank you so much for sharing this. How can people work with you and find out more about you? Yes. So one of the first best places to go is going to be my podcast. I go deeper into all of all of the brain stuff, but also a bit of the business. It's just my name, Jess Williamson, the podcast. And if people are just really feeling called to do some work together, you can always reach out to me on Instagram at jess.williamson8 because I always have a multitude of different ways we can work together, whether it's through mentoring or my courses, and I'll always give you my honest guidance on what might suit you best. So I look forward to connecting or even just dropping my DMs what you've loved from this episode. I would love to hear from you. Well, Jess, thank you so much for your work and thank you so much for being here. I love it. Thank you so, so much. Oh, I love Jess Williamson. I love how she gives us permission to use big, audacious goals and deep mindset shifts to achieve fantasy land success. Because why the hell not? I've linked all of her info in the show notes. And as for you, what takeaways are you going to start using in your own life? Will you let me know by leaving me a review on the podcast player that you're listening to or sharing with a friend, or I should say, and or sharing with a friend or your entire network while you're at it and tag me on the socials. It means the world to me when I hear how, what kind of impact these episodes are making on your life. I'm very grateful for that. And I could not do it without you. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the socials before the next episode drops.